Hey everybody, I'm Lauren. And I'm Courtney. Welcome beautiful monsters. And this is Slay Podcast. Tonight's case is going to be a really fucking long one, so it's a I feel like one. we need to dive into it and not even get into any business. <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> and we're sober. We're not drinking right now. Yay. Yay. Dude, do you know how bad I want to drink tonight, I know, too? Because so I had the worst day. I just like... So, so bad. Ah, it's fine. I love fucking this life. It's so cool. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Oh, my God. Sobriety. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I hope yeah. this lasts forever. At, well, we're not going to Lake Powell this weekend. We planned on it originally. So now we plan on putting up a pool at Courtney's house in the backyard and like having a barbecue and stuff. And wish my yard was all finished, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Some things happened. Some things just kept happening all weekend and all week. It's mm. fine. Yeah. So this case came to me and Courtney randomly last Sunday and we were just like sitting on my couch watching TV and Courtney's like, oh, what was that dateline about? And like we clicked on it and this one was on and crazy. It's like it's like the killer of the of the Rocky Rocky Mountains. Mountains. Yeah. And we hadn't neither of us had heard of this guy. You hadn't heard of him, had you? No, I hadn't either, which is crazy. Like it was kind of humbling for me because I thought I knew like a lot of murderers or whatever. So this guy's like right in our back fucking yard. And this was pretty recent. This was in the 2000s. Dude, it was so weird because we just passed it. And I was like, that's weird. I was like, oh, I want to see this one dateline or something. And then I'm like, look, it's the, it's Mount Garfield. Yeah, because we thought it was Grand Mount Junction. Garfield. Yeah. Yeah. It really looked just, like it looked just like our home. It was. He like It ends up being like this guy like buried one of, anyways, well, in like in Rifle. But no, in Rifle, too. He mentioned Rifle, but oh. he didn't actually bury oh, there. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's in Utah. Okay. But anyways, we'll get into it. It sounds like we're just going to get into it. So let me pull up my notes here because this is going to be a long one. We're going to try to get it into one um, episode, but I don't know that we'll be able to. Um, so this killer's name is Scott Lee Kimball. He was born on September 21st, 1966, and he was born in Boulder. He grew up in Lafayette, which these are just towns outside of Denver for anybody that's not like relevant with that. Um, his parents divorced when he was 10 years old after his mom came out as a lesbian. So, yikes. <laughs> not <laughs> just the easiest kidding. child. I mean, not that it's bad to have a lesbian mom, but, like, it probably was hard. Back then, I'm sure it was yeah. not. I mean, so then, was, like, unheard of, kind of. Yeah. And so him and his brother began getting sexually abused by a neighbor in his grandmother's trailer park. Oh, that's fucked, And it dude. went on for years, like, through high school and everything. What? Yes. So Like, by a man? Yes. Oh, God. Well, it was kind of like this is going to remind you of something and some people that we know where he would like buy them alcohol and like invite them over and like hang out I with them. hate that already. <laughs> like way too young for alcohol, buying them alcohol, hanging out with them. And then it just like turned into like, oh, let's watch some porn. And then it turned into like obvious like sexual abuse and like groping. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. It just went south from there. So. And then he's like 18. He's like, hey, you want to hang out and watch some porn today? <laughs> He was not, he wasn't even 18 yet. So then his dad was living in Montana and so was his brother Brett um, after his mother and his parents divorced. So he Mm -hmm. moved to Montana with his dad like during high school. And then at 22, he was first arrested for passing bad checks in Montana. Mm -hmm. He landed in his first felony uh, for doing that. And he was charged with running an illegal hunting outfitting business as well. 
So uh, from a young age, right off the bat, he's like getting into like doing fucked up shit. Yeah, I mean, at his very first time getting in trouble with the law, he was like shooting his dad's gun through his house window into like towards other neighbors' oh houses. Oh my god, dude! But he didn't get arrested for that. His no. actual first arrest was for passing bad checks, mm-hmm. and um, that was a felony. So then at 23 years old, he attempted suicide by shooting himself in the head, but he lived and it left a really bad scar on his forehead. Oh my God. The bullet like grazed his, like his scalp or his, whatever you call that, his bone. Wow. Yeah. Super sad. He was like in critical condition for several days. It's kind of sad, but it's also like, why didn't he just go? Because. (laughs) With the things that we know he does later on. Yes. Like. But this is kind of just painting us a picture because some murderers I feel like are made, some are born that way. And I feel like he's maybe a mix of both because he does some terrible things and you can't blame all this childhood stuff on that. No. But but still, this is not like, feel bad for him as a child. Right. But um, anyways, so then um, his first marriage was short and um, they ended up getting divorced quickly after his second marriage was in 1993 and he had two sons named Justin and Cody and he and his wife moved to Spokane, Washington. Uh, there, uh, they lived for a while. I don't think they were doing very well. They opened some sort of business and then they ended up um, filing for bankruptcy and then they divorced in 1997 after she had found out that he had been cheating on her. Um, and even living with a different girlfriend. That makes sense. He literally, it's almost like he has a different life throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Like and the I'm whole just uh, like a, a forewarning right now. You can totally look up and find a lot more details than what I'm giving. I'm trying to just give the bare bones of this case that are like the most important parts that I thought. There's totally other run-ins with the law that I'm skipping that I just felt like didn't play to the major picture. Um, there was other, like, is. yeah, like there's just a lot of shit that, um, happens that I just couldn't possibly report on it or we would have been like we would have been like, like here five for six hours, hours no for real yeah like, I know so I'm giving you guys the bones of this case but there's definitely like other shit that you can go find out there if you want to know more deeper things about this case so she recalls him during their relationship scheming people the whole time she said whether it was phony business partnerships or in the logging oh that's right he was doing a logging industry in washington Mm -hmm. whether it was phony business relationships in that industry or cheating people whatever it was she recalls people coming to the door all the time trying to retrieve money that he had scammed them out of like he was a hustler he was a scam artist yes yes or con artist yes same thing yeah yeah so in 2000 he went back to prison in montana for violating his probation and then in 2001 he fled from a halfway house because they had let him out he was working Mm -hmm. at the halfway house he stole a vehicle and money from a gas station that he had been working at during the time that he was out at the halfway house and um, went back to spokane broke into her house his his ex-wife's house raped her kidnapped her and went to the and when she filed the report to the police um they did file a warrant, but of course he was never picked up. Dude, this is what I don't understand. He literally like lived all these different lives and no one ever caught him doing Not till stuff. The end. And it's like the weirdest thing because he literally, like if you if you look into this, it's like he had like I'm like, how is is he how come he's getting married? Oh, he's getting because away with all this shit. I'm just like very concerned for myself at this point that I'm not married yet. And this motherfucker's had like eighteen wives and fucking <laughs> and girlfriends. New, and numerous of them. And yeah. I'm like I'm like, hey, I just you know, I just want to hang out on the weekend. They're like, oh, <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, but literally, I'm like, he just gets away with so much stuff, and that's just the stuff that I that was reported. I'm sure there was other stuff that hasn't even been reported, and yeah. then I'm reporting even less than what's been reported because yeah. you just can't possibly go through every fucking scam he did and every single thing that he went to jail for and got in trouble with the cops for. Yeah, which is so nuts. And it's just and crazy that he to me. didn't get in trouble. He for didn't it. get in big trouble for a long time. He Dude, just it's kept so crazy. Those kind by. of people, those kind of people, it's almost like they sold their sell their soul to the devil because. It's like, how do these people keep getting and getting like getting away with it and getting lucky too? Like, yep. oh look, they got blessed with this or mm-hmm. done with that, and I'm like, what? Yep, like it's crazy. Just don't get it. So of course he was never arrested because he fled to Alaska after this. Anytime he's in boiling water, he just flees. So he fled to Alaska and was now pretending to be his brother Brett. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> he was going under his his brother Brett's name at this point in Alaska, and there he was writing bad checks again. And he got engaged there. He was Dude, then arrested. I know. Like, I know. It's like, what? You're not even good looking, bud. I know. He's ugly. He was then arrested in Alaska, went to federal prison at this point where he was able to talk his way into becoming an informant for the FBI. Dude, this was the longest This strain. is how much of a liar this fucker oh, is. Yeah. He literally works for the cops. Well, he, so what happened was he was there for like five years or something like that. And he ended up finagling his way to going to the cops and being like, hey, like if nice I tell film. you this stuff and yeah. be an informant, will you let me get out? Yeah. Like he's that fucking slimy and he's that smart. Yeah. That he found a way to fucking scheme Gone his way out. the fucking FBI. So he was essentially telling them that a fellow inmate of his was planning to have a judge and a lawyer and the witnesses in their case killed so they were like literally doing murder for hire and they did find this to be true so they charged the inmate and he got out and was able to be an informant or whatever so that worked in his favor that pretty much taught him like oh that is how i can get out of prison next time next time i go yeah (laughs) So then next he was transferred to a federal prison in Littleton, Colorado, where he ratted out a cellmate for planning to have witnesses in his case killed. This was never proven, though. At this point, he's just fucking lying, in my he's opinion. He's literally making up stories so he can get, get out. out. Yeah, Dude, be an informant, a paid informant. Yes, yes, yes. And it's the same thing you did, like, when he goes, and we'll talk about yeah. it, about the book yeah. clips. You're yes. just like, what? They just let him be out for that long? <laughs> yeah. So the cellmate was a man named Stephen Ennis, who was a convicted drug-dealing drug whatever drug dealer um he supposedly told his girlfriend or he told kimball about his girlfriend jennifer markham and it would she was saying that she would help him carry out the murders Mm -hmm. this is all according to um uh, scott Scott, which i'm like i don't know how true this is but apparently just according to scott uh, his girlfriend on the outside was going to help him Mm -hmm. murder these people so he's telling the fbi this wanting to be a paid informant again yeah, um, like, he, absolutely. So, yeah, he got out. He contacted Jennifer Markham right away because the police, the FBI want him being in contact with mm-hmm. her in order to be out looking. <laughs> well, to be looking into this, the yeah. claims that he's made about her helping him, her boyfriend kill people. And um, so he contacted her right away. I think he just kind of liked her because he saw her like yeah, he saw visiting her. Well, yeah. I saw her visiting her, her boyfriend. Yeah. He liked her. So anyways, he contacted her under the disguise uh, when he was released, because they give you a disguise yeah. when you're that. Um, but there was never any proof he of her. He doesn't even need one. He does it anyways. Yeah. Like, exactly. He's like, I got this. Yeah. But there was never any proof of her actually wanting to kill witnesses in her boyfriend's case at all. She was 25 years old. She was a single mom of a five-year-old who worked at a strip club just to make ends meet and put food on the table for him. She dreamed of opening her own coffee shop business, and this was what Kimball told Ennis he would do. He said that he would help her... Get the witnesses killed, and then he would help Jennifer, um, like, get on her feet and start a business. 
In February of 2003, Jennifer was under the impression that Kimball was moving her out to Seattle to manage one of his coffee shops. And um, they were, uh, I think she was like moving in with him because she was on hard times. And I think he was just manipulating. He's a fucking manipulator, dude. Yeah. He was a manipulator and somehow she was moving in with him. I think he was saying like, I'm friends with Steven and he wants me to like keep like tabs on you or whatever. Yeah. And so she moved in with him. And then when they went to, um, they're not sure exactly how he got her alone, but he was the last person that she was seen with because they found her car abandoned at DIA Denver International Airport like weeks later, months later. And they don't know what happened. And I think that they're kind of thinking that maybe she was thinking she was going to get on a flight and go to Seattle. You would think though, like since the FBA has him as a, a informant and then all of a sudden she's just gone missing and her dad was looking for her. Why in the fuck wouldn't they be like, Oh, he's actually a really bad guy. He's been in prison. Maybe we should look into this. You would think, but, that but no, 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 yet. let's let him just run free. Well, he told the FBI at this point that he didn't know where she went and that he thought maybe she was killed by the drug dealer's friend and he was trying to track that down now to find out what happened to her. So that he, so he was literally being like, lying. yes, just lying. Yeah. They're like, okay, we need you to now find out what happened to her yeah. and be an informant for us to find out what happened to her so that we can track down S- Stephen Ennis's friend's actions or whatever. God. Just a fucking manipulative liar, dude. A con man. Yeah. So... Um, this dirtbag even asked his boss at the FBI to, um, if he could fuck her. And the boss was like, no, because if he and her ever had to testify against each other, they would be like in the Ennis drug case because the boyfriend's still in jail, Stephen Ennis or prison that it would be, uh, it would, it could cause complications. But he literally asked his boss if he could fuck Jennifer Markham. He's like, already did it. (laughs) God, he's such a piece of shit. When her child's dad was asked where she had been, he hadn't talked to her since she had moved out with um, with him, with Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Kimball pretended. Thank to be, God that the kid wasn't there. No, yeah, her parents and the dad. Yeah, thank did, God. Yeah. So Kimball pretended to the FBI that he was looking into her murder, like I said, and even said that he believed she may have been buried in rifle by her boyfriend or his boyfriend's friend, her boyfriend's friends in the drug dealing group that they were investigating. So in January of 2003, Kimball met a new woman named Lori McCloyd, and she met him at a casino in Blackhawk, which is right outside of Denver. Um, she said that she remembered him wheeling his mother in in her wheelchair because she had MS, multiple, multiple sclerosis, yeah, I can't say it. Multiple and um, he was like moving chairs out of the way for her wheelchair to move her up to the table. And um, she just thought he was really sweet and nice. He told her that he was an FBI agent, which is very different than an FBI informant, by the way. <laughs> but she believed it because he, like, flashed the seal on his computer and shit. The FBI God, seal. so dumb. Um, and showed her a fake badge. And then um, soon they began dating and moved in together. This was pretty quick. Lori had a 19-year-old daughter named Casey at the time. She'd been going through some struggles with her parents' divorce. They divorced recently. And she had actually prior had gotten into meth, but then she was clean. Mm-hmm. And um, so Kimball would explain that um, he found this vial of what uh, his Lori explains as being like a white crystally substance but she didn't know what it was mm-hmm. and he brought it to her and was like i think your daughter's using again and so she went to her daughter and was like accusing her of it and casey denied it but casey ended up running away mm-hmm. because her mom was like threatening to call the police yeah. on her and stuff yeah and so casey ran away that's sad. and unbeknownst to Lori, 
Kimball, Scott, was literally putting her and her boyfriend, Casey and her boyfriend, up in a fucking hotel and paying for it and being like, stay away from your mom like she's angry, like playing both sides. He's such a fucker. Yes, he is. And then her boyfriend, CB, said that um, the last person that he saw with Casey was Scott, Scott taking her to work because she had a job at Subway. But then she never came back. So oh then God. CB went to Lori, her mom, and was like, I haven't seen her. I think he was the last person with her. Well, Scott lied to Lori and said, no, I was on a hunting trip. Oh, my God, dude. And he had said he was going on that hunting trip before he took Casey. So I think Lori kind of believed, believed him. him. Yeah. Because yeah. she's like, well, my daughter ran away with you. Mm-hmm. Why would I believe you yeah. or my husband? Yeah. Well, and then he would explain his long absences and shit to her as him being away for work and that his work was secret because he worked for the FBI. And he was invest. The only thing that she said that he told her was that he was investigating a woman named Jennifer's death, mm-hmm. which he was an, an informant for that. He wasn't an agent. But yeah. Um, so anyways, he was actually just running around causing havoc and committing fraud and killing people and killing, killing yeah. your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So one day, um, after this, he uh, and I've wondered if he planted that that. Oh, he definitely that did, and he that she wasn't did. even actually using. But I don't know. So, anyways, um, he told Lori because at this point she's really upset and like looking for Casey, trying to contact her, can't reach her, and he's like, "I'll use my FBI ties and my job to help find her. Like, we'll find her. I'm sure there's nothing wrong. I'm sure she just ran away and she's using drugs oh again, God, like dude, planting that seed worst. in her head. Yeah. And then he's like pushing her to get married. So like a week after she had been missing, he took her down to Vegas, took Lori down to Vegas, and they got married like <sighs> at a drive-through wedding chapel. Pretty much is how she explained it. Mm-hmm. And then. When they came back, he was trying to convince her, like, get your mind off of it. It'll be fine. Like, we'll find Casey. And he wanted to take her on a honeymoon. Well, the honeymoon was to a place um, in Walden, Colorado, where he likes to hunt. Walden is, like, not a honeymoon. It's in the middle of woods. It's, like, not a honeymoon place. No, it was camping. (laughs) And he literally was like, I want to, like, go scout for hunting or whatever here. It'll give us a chance to get out in the bright air and, like, um, get our minds off Casey or whatever. Mm -hmm. They returned home. And she, um, Lori recalls, um, Scott pointing out her necklace, Casey's necklace, like hanging on a doorknob. And he was like, she must've been here because her, she, her necklace is hanging here and it wasn't here when we left. Oh my God. He buried her body there. Yeah. But anyways, so he left that, um, necklace there and was like, um, she's been back. So then on, um, uh, on July 2004, July 1st, 2004, sorry guys, I just have so many notes here that it's hard, like I get discombobulated and I'm trying to be fast. <laughs> On July 1st, 2004, his son Justin, because remember he has two yeah. kids, was visiting his, well both sons were visiting, and he had had a terrible accident on his um, farm that he had where he was like, because he started trying to open like a beef business. Of course he did. I hate him. Some kind of business. Yeah, Always. He was 10 years old and visiting his dad for the weekend, and his younger brother recalls that around 10 p.m., his dad suggested for them to play outside. And they were, like, digging holes to, like, find mice in the field, I guess. I don't know. It was, like, dig right here. I remember that. Yeah, so he noticed a big – Justin says that he remembers that he noticed a big steel cattle grate, the kind that lay on the ground to keep cattle from walking over them, propped up against something, and instead of lying on the ground like it normally was, which he thought was weird, but he's 10 – 
and his dad had went over there by the grate and told him to dig right there and like put it at like pointed at a spot and said be a good soldier and look into the horizon which to me is creepy as fuck that's so fucking creepy he's such and a then he dog. just remembers seeing bright flashes and then hearing the big wham as the grate fell and hit him in the head so he sent his other son inside too, and then he fucking. Did well, then that. he came running it out in with them, being like, "Oh my god, he's hurt!" And he's like, in a, "He's yeah, he has mm-hmm. an accident." Well, and then Lori, they call nine one one, but he takes Justin, the one that's hurt, and takes him in his jeep and drives off because they don't want to wait on the ambulance, is what he says. Yeah. Well, then, um, next thing Justin remembers, he's like feeling sick. He needs to like open the window to the door or the passenger door, or whatever. I mean, he has a terrible head injury. The next thing he knows, the door's, like, wide open, and he's, like, trying to keep himself in the vehicle, and his dad is pushing his face, trying to push him out of the truck. Push your own child ten. Out, of, out of the vehicle. Could you imagine being ten? No, dude, yeah. and, like, freaking out like that after you've already been hit by a fucking God. cattle grate, dude. So then he fell out of the truck, and when they make it to the hospital, they're, like, he's in worse condition. Like, Lori was, like, he's in worse condition than he was when you left, and he's, like, yeah, he accidentally fell out of the truck. Like, the door was unlocked. I tried to pull him back in, but, like... And it's no. like, to it's me, like, it's like, this what? isn't a coincidence. I can't believe they didn't look into no, this No, I know. Like, he fucking got a cattle grade, fell on him, and, and then, then he, he fell, fell out, out of a truck, truck going, This like, isn't 60. a coincidence. He said, too, that Justin said that he was, like, speeding up. Oh, like, yeah, he, he was, like, going was, 60. Like, he's, like, he was going oh, so yeah. fast. And he was on a um, medically induced coma for, like, I think over a month. And then when he finally started to come to and he woke up, the first thing he said was, why did dad why do this did, to me? Yep. And the whole family was like, what? Like, everyone knew that that was his first mm-hmm. words, too, dude. Yeah. And he that's when he explained that. But the doctor was like, well, he's suffered such a traumatic brain injury that his memories could be altered. So it couldn't really be um, taken, like, as a Seriously. for sure. Yeah. But, dude, that's just crazy with all the things that happened. You I would know. think that they would have looked into that a little bit. You'd think. Well, they did look into it and found that he had oh, signed, that he over signed over the day life before. life insurance. Yep. A $50,000 life insurance policy. I've read it 50000 or 65000 doesn't matter. 50, yeah, it doesn't matter. It was a, that, around that amount. And um, he signed it over. He took his ex-wife's, ex-wife's name, name off, of, off it. of it. And then they still didn't do shit. They no. were just like, well, he probably, I mean, the kid came out of a fucking month coma and says, why did dad do this? But why in the fuck would we look into it? That'd and be we've too got fucking, proof that yeah. he took her name off of it. Dude, right? It's like, oh, no, it's probably, he, he would never do that. He has clear motive here. He has every motive. And, and then he's, he's like, just no, like, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I would never. And they're like, okay, sold. You sold me on it. To this day, he still denies it. It's like, you did that. Dude, he did it. Yes. He sent his other son in, and he didn't have a life insurance policy on him. He mm. only had it on the one son. Probably. No, yeah, he's a piece of shit, dude. I just, I, I honestly just don't know how people like this can get away with shit like this. And then there's for other so people long. that go to jail for shit and prison for shit that doesn't matter. Or is not nearly as bad. Yeah, dude. And then people like this just get away you with You had three like speeding tickets, ma'am. You're going to jail. He's getting paid by the fucking FBI during this time. Dude, And he's right? just being a big old the piece of shit. The whole time. The whole time, too. Yeah. Well, they took him on and off, but yeah. So, essentially, um, they discovered that he had taken her, her his ex-wife off of the... Um, Life insurance policy. And then at this point, his uncle, Terry Kimball, who was from Alabama, recently divorced and decided to come live in Colorado to help them take care of Justin, who was badly injured. And he brought some money from the divorce and a camper and his dogs. And Lori recalls Terry was a weird guy. And one day she came home and Kimball was spraying off the couch with a hose. And he had said that Terry's dogs had thrown up on it and he was just too embarrassed to face her. 
So she asked where he was, and he's like, oh, well, he won the lottery, the Ohio lottery. It's like a weird spot right. because we're in Colorado. Like, Ohio lottery and went to Mexico with a stripper. Like, and she believed it. It's like, this is the stupidest fucking story I've ever heard in my life. Is, but also, if he was that weird and dude, I She don't was know just what, like, exactly. That's what she said in the Dateline or the 2020 um, episode. She was just like, yeah, like, I was just happy to not see him again. Right. She's like, I'm glad he's not gone. questioning it. At the time, she just wasn't questioning it. So, of course, after this, their marriage started to crumble. And by 2005, she believed that he had a girlfriend in California, which he did, because he started going there more often. It's the worst. Yeah. There were lots of scams happening, like he wrecked his Jeep. that, And Lori admitted this later on. He wrecked his Jeep and did so on purpose to get insurance money. And he scammed the company into thinking that he had owned it outright for the payoff. But by using his mother's notary seal and had like this fake payoff statement for a loan that he actually never even the vehicle wasn't even, even his name in his name yeah he's such a bad dude. and then the, he reported a stolen trailer for insurance money but they later down the line find this trailer on his other property just sitting there it was never stolen and actually in fact he had stolen it from like uh, someone else yeah <laughs> somebody else that he had like God, dude, met. he's the worst yes yeah he is so he also had a girlfriend in Thornton buy him, which Thornton's another town outside of Denver, buy him a gun. And then he just like was like, I don't need you anymore. So she she's just bought him a gun. She's lucky she didn't die. I know. Um, also in 2005, Kimball started scamming an optometrist. This is always like in one, like these are just some of the scams that I thought were more bigger to mention to you guys. He's been doing this forever, like constantly. He started scamming an optometrist that shared an office quarters with him and his mother. And he scammed him out of out of over $50,000 from his money market account before he was caught because that optometrist, which is an eye doctor went on vacation and he was like going in to his paperwork and shit and somehow signing over money market stuff, writing checks over to his checking account and then getting it out of the optometrist checking account into Into writing checks to his beef business name. Dude, that's so crazy. And cashing them. Yes. How can you even be that like, and then the optometrist came home and was like, what the fuck? And it was an easy paper trial to prove who was doing this. Like, yeah. Scott wasn't even trying to hide it at this point. Well, dude, he's gotten away he's with gotten so much. Right. He doesn't care. Yep. There's no consequences. Yep. Why would he? Well, and again, he realized he was getting into hot water again. So, so he's like, he just, I'll go back to prison so that I can get out again. No, he, went, he just like was like, I'm going to flee, flee to Cali and see that girlfriend. Yeah. So that's he what did. he did. And then they put out like an APB or whatever it's called when the police put out like a national thing, yeah. like look for this fucking guy. Cause they start to find out about like the fraud and shit Yeah, and they're looking for him and they, um, arrest, they find him in Cali. He sees them coming and they go on like a four, four hour, hour. Four, yeah. four hours guys. police chase <laughs> and his F three fifty or something like that. F yeah. The Ford fucking diesel truck. And he literally was like being chased. And I read it reported. It was like Wikipedia. So it's probably not true. But I still thought it was funny enough to like say it. <laughs> that apparently he was like running away from them while playing the song Rockstar by Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> but I only read that on Wikipedia. So I'm sure it's not true. Dude, it's still funny. It's still funny as fuck. <laughs> but then finally his truck started running out of gas. So he surrendered. <laughs> I'm just like. And they're are you just serious? Like, like you didn't try hours? shooting him like. And three hours ago? Right? Like 30, 30 minutes in? Tires. I guess they put down like strips and shit and he avoided them. Dude, that's crazy yeah. though. How? I don't know. This was through the Coachella Valley in um, uh, California. Jeez. Yeah, dude. So back to Jennifer Markham and Casey McCloyd. At this point, he has been arrested and taken back to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to find, they're starting to get on his trail about the fraud shit again. And they're starting to realize more shit about 
other things that he's right. doing. So they're just trying to find reasons to keep him at keep this him point while make, they can yeah. try to keep making a case against him. Right. So um, back to Jennifer and Jennifer Markham and Casey McCloyd. Both of their parents were still searching for them with no clues. They ended up putting a billboard right outside of the strip club that Jennifer worked at with like um, her picture and stuff to get like clues. Mm-hmm. And somebody ended up contacting them and wanting to write an article about like missing girls. Mm-hmm. And the parents told them to put in the article that the last person she was seen with well, was Scott, Scott. Kimball. Yep. Well, Casey McCloyd's dad, Rob, just happened to read it. Yep. Just happened to read it and was like, what the fuck? Like, That's the same my as Casey my, was yeah. last seen with him. And that was the, he was my daughter's stepdad essentially, or yeah. would have been if yeah. she hadn't went missing before they got married. Ew. And so they contacted each other and ended up like putting two and two together. And then and went to the FBI. They did end up going to the FBI. Um, the Jennifer's parents pushed the FBI um, to get her furniture back because they knew that somebody she had been living with had her furniture. They knew the FBI was looking into her disappearance, but they wouldn't give her very much info. Mm-hmm. And so finally, um, Scott's boss uh, arranged a meetup for Scott to meet with them, but they did it under a different name. I think it was like Joe Snitch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they they knew he was an informant on her case, but he told them that he knew who killed their daughter and how and where she was buried, but they would but he wouldn't tell them where. And he pulled Mary aside, the mom, and told her that if she let them him come to her motel room that night, he would show her what happened. But he couldn't, and then he would tell her where Jennifer was and what happened, but he couldn't, like, tell her. He said he had to show her because his FBI boss told him what he can and can't say, which is just the stupidest thing ever. Right. I mean, I know she's desperate to find out about her daughter, but to believe, like, oh, you can't tell me, so you have to show me what happened to her? Right. It's fucked. It's really fucked. So they were both pretty fucking creeped out by this guy. Uh, the dad actually ended up taking a license plate picture of his truck, and, and it was he traced. said, if you let him come to the room, he will kill you. Oh, yeah. He said, if you let him come to the room, he'll kill you. Plus, he took a picture of the license plate, and it was traced back to Scott Kimball. And um, he ended up showing up at the mom's hotel room that night and yeah. trying to get in, and she wouldn't let him in. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to meet her in the lobby. He showed up at her hotel room. She's like, how did he even know my oh, hotel room yeah. number? So then later on, she called him, and... Um, uh, she called him and was like, do you really know about what happened to my daughter? And um, I'll put a recording up of this in, in the beginning for you guys to hear. But he was, she was like, do you really know what happened? And he's like, you had your chance. And, and, and she's like, the only thing that matters to me is my daughter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I saw how much she matters to you that night at the hotel room when you wouldn't let me in. It's like, okay, well, my life matters too because my then daughter's Then he was gone. suggesting her get an escort so he could show her on the escort what happened to her daughter. she's like i don't even live in colorado like no and then he was like before the call ended he was like telling her that he should let her or she should let him talk to her other daughter and he can show her other daughter where oh my god dude no he's just a fucking monster it's It's like the story just keeps getting worse and worse and worse so bad yes and so anyways um yeah, and then he threatened her as well and said that his handler at the FBI would just move him and protect him if they, like, tried to go after him. And Well, shit, they yeah. have been. Yeah. Like, kind of. So he's yeah. just like, watch this. So it was, like, s- scaring her from going to the FBI and telling on him. And he was also implying that they wouldn't be able to arrest, like, it would fuck up the whole, he's like, you'll blow the lid off this whole thing. This whole case. Because he's trying to act like he's working in Jennifer's yeah. best interest. And he's like, if Not. you fucking go to them and say, or make me say something, you'll blow the lid off this whole case and we'll never catch your murderer. <sighs> He's just such a manipulative a fuck. Piece of shit. Yes. So it just so happened that Casey's dad, like I said, read the article. Their names are 
his name is Rob, and then um, Jennifer's dad's uh, Bob. So yeah, Rob and Bob, Bob went together, and I think it was either late October 2006 or November 2006. Anyways, it was in 2006. They decided to just show up at the Denver FBI headquarters there and, like, yeah, went nice. in and just, like, told on them. They're just yeah. like, this is what we think happened. We need to talk to somebody. At this point, the FBI is embarrassed because, like, holy they're shit. Like, uh, okay, guys. Our informants actually, just being a big old piece yeah. of shit. And they're like, we actually closed this case. We are getting so close to... To ending this for you guys because you guys apparently They're still idiots. have him on the fucking payroll. I mean, how is this just still going on to me? Right? I'm just like, Dude, wow, I FBI, know. do better. And with all the fucking girls that he was like yeah. was in contact with then gone missing and they're it's just like, still oh, paying okay. him as an informant thinking that yeah. he's trying to help them find Jennifer. Dude, right? I just I hate him. It's dude. God. And so, anyways, they assigned a new guy to start looking into this, and they obviously started hearing about the check fraud as well, and they started trying to piece this together. And this is around the same time that they arrested him in California, brought him back. Like I said, they're trying to build a case on him. They're finally starting to shed light on who this motherfucker might actually be. Yeah. And so, um, (sighs) they started looking into these accusations, but of course, um, he wouldn't tell them anything when they interviewed him. They interviewed him, like, so many times. Yeah. He wouldn't tell them anything until finally something slipped where he was just like, um, if one of the girls was on like federal land, like public land, would I be able to go to a federal prison? Because he wanted to go to a federal prison. Yeah, it's better of, than a yeah. state prison that he yeah. was in at the time. And so then they started thinking, okay, one of these girls is buried on federal land then. But mm-hmm. he wouldn't tell them that. He was just asking a question. Mm-hmm. But some good old-fashioned detective work found finally. to... Yeah, finally. <laughs> they remembered that there was a receipt in his stuff from Walden, Colorado, from around the time that Casey had went missing. Mm-hmm. So they called up to Walden and asked if they had had any Jane Doe's up there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, from around that time period, we did have one hiker, but it wasn't a homicide. And they're like, we want to go see. So mm-hmm. they went up there. They attested her by DNA, and it was Casey. So they ended up at this point. Now they have a body so they can try to at least try to make a homicide case against Scott. Right. And this is when Lori, uh, sh- uh, Casey's mom ended up like getting sick. Cause she's like, that's literally where we went to our honeymoon. Honeymoon. Yeah. So when he was there, like saying that he was scouting, he was probably checking on the body and grabbing that necklace and taking it back. Yep. That's exactly it. Gross. He's a sick fuck. So he's a monster dude. Oh, like, he's just monster. the worst. Yeah. So, like I said, now they have a body. They're going to try to make at least a homicide case against him. But he's very against the death penalty as well. So he wants to make like a – they're pretty much like backing him into a corner at this point. They're like, we can prove that you have been a habitual offender, which carries like a 48-year sentence. Mm -hmm. And we've got you on this – like the check fraud is the habitual shit. And we are pretty certain that you have at least one homicide. We we think there's more, but we we think we can prove this one to you. And so he's starting to get backed in the corner. His defense attorneys and them start talking about a plea deal because he does not he want knows. the. He he's a pussy. The, yeah, he doesn't. He can kill all these people, but he didn't want the death penalty. Yeah, it's like that's fucking rich. Right. So, anyways, they offer him a plea deal that he would get seventy years in prison, but he had to lead them to the other bodies, which would be Jennifer and um, Terry, uh, his uncle that went missing. Because after they started talking to his ex-wife Lori, they realized that oh, yeah. actually, oh, actually Terry's also another killed. person yeah, missing. Actually she did. hadn't put it together when he first went gone, but when they started like looking into this shit, yeah. she was like, oh my God. Yeah, like actually too. Terry's missing. So they started looking for him as well. And then um, there's actually another person that I haven't even brought up into this yet. So I try to like, I know the t- I, if I made it into the timeline, mm-hmm. I tried to do it the best way I could make this so it wouldn't be confusing for people, but I'm also trying to like cover just the bones of this, like I said. So um, anyways, 
the police um, investigated and found us um, when they were looking into, I'll bring up that girl in a second, but when they were looking into Terry, they found that there was suspicious bank activity in his account after he had went missing, such as credit card activity, bad checks, and the amounts of $23,000 that Scott had purchased. Oh my God. $12,000 worth of cattle for his business under Terry's name. And of course the check bounced. Dude. But they reported him under Terry's name and Terry's missing. Yeah. Yeah, wow. dude. He's just terrible. So, um, and then a year after Terry was gone, they found that um, Scott had got onto Terry's email, emailed his dad because his dad is um, Terry's brother, mm-hmm. and said, oh, I'm just enjoying my time in Mexico. I'm in Mexico. What? They traced the email back to Scott. Back to Scott. Yeah. He, he's an idiot, dude. Anyways. Dude, but he got away with so much. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, I, know. I mean, you're not you're not even worried about it's it. It's surprising at this you're point. You're getting away with so much shit that yeah. it's like, well, what is what's my consequence going to be? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Essentially. Yeah. He's just a monster. So the fourth victim is a pic of a girl they found on his laptop. They found out during the investigation who she was because they had interviewed some of his old cellmates and and all that stuff. Like, they're interviewing everyone at this point. Like I said, I'm just hitting the bones with this, but there's a lot of investigating that they're doing at this point and things they're finding out that I just don't feel like I need to mention every single thing. But they found out from one of his old cellmates that this was one of his old cellmates' girlfriends. And when, when questioned, the old cellmate admitted that she was going to be helping him break out with Scott. It was a plan that Scott had demised. Right. And then, um, actually what was going to end up happening was he was going to try to be an informant for that case too. God. And, and lie and be like, they're trying to break out, but really he fucking like organized it. Yeah. Yeah. So the girl's name was Leanne Emery and they found emails from her where she was telling her cousin that she was with a dangerous man named Hannibal because her boyfriend had told her, this is my cellmate. Like he's going to get out before me. He's going to help you arrange to get me broken out of here. Do whatever he says, call him Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if Hannibal knows that I'm talking to you right now, like, he'd be done with me. Like, I, I'm, I'd be in danger. Oh my God. So they went on, like, a crime spree in Utah because he was telling her they were, like, preparing, like, their money and stuff yeah. to break her boyfriend out of jail. And then she just went missing. Of course. Like, they didn't never actually break her boyfriend out of jail. No. No. He wasn't planning on doing yeah. that. And so, anyways, um, they're like, we, you need to point out her body, Jennifer's body, and Terry's body for this plea deal. Mm-hmm. So he agreed to take them to the bodies. So they take him out. They take him. To the Utah Book Cliffs. The they're, they're like, yeah, you can get out of prison and come with us. And so what do you think he does, you guys? Let's just throw <laughs> just it out a wild there. guess. He's just like, maybe it's here. Maybe it's there. Yeah, pretty much. Like, take <laughs> yeah, someone, like, dude. A, I think it's, like, over a week like that a they're out there. Like a scavenger hunt. And, and he's, he's just, like, like having here. a good, yeah, he's having a great time because guess what? He's not having to do shit. He's literally not even having to be in prison. He's yeah. just out in the fucking wilderness having a good time. Yeah. He's, like, dig here. And they're, he like, okay, they all start digging. out a way to fucking get out, mm-hmm. honestly. He's yeah. probably trying to figure out a way to fucking I'm escape. sure it's better than his seat in the state prison that he didn't oh, like. I'm he sure. was already trying to go to federal prison, so yeah. he's, like, oh, this is way better. Yeah. So literally, day. he took them to the Utah Book Clips. If you guys have in, in Eastern Utah, if you guys haven't look, seen these before, look them up because they're beautiful. And that's what we were talking about when we saw the mountains on 2020 because we're like near there and we're like, oh my gosh, that looks like the looks mountains. Looks just like Book Clips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is the Book Clips, but well, it looks yeah, like the ones by because the Book us. Clips come all the way up to us. Yeah. They start actually with us with in us. Grand Junction where yeah. we're at and they go all the way down through Utah. Yeah. And it's like a wall of mountains and yeah, dirt. It's, really it's just desert. It's the perfect place to hide a body, actually. <laughs> so, anyways, um, he led them to several different places. Like I said, it was days. Um, they uh, ended up 
he took them to like lots of different places and then they and told them to dig in different places. He led them somewhere and then as soon as they got there, he was like, no, this is the wrong spot. Turn around. But one person was like, I'm going to stay looking in this spot just in case. And they ended up finding a hair clip. And that's when they called back. And they're like, I'm pretty sure we found Leanne. He acted weird on that one, too. He wasn't like being like, oh, yeah, dig here. He was like, nope, this isn't it. Let's yeah. go somewhere else. So they ended up finding pieces of her body. It took them over a day to find all the bones. Sad. Yeah, dude. And they had found that she had been shot in the back of the head with a gun. And they were able to match the bullet with a gun that Scott had. Dude, the saddest thing is, is that her dad was like, I just was glad to bring her body back. Dude, yeah, to bring we're going to do a it fun was fact. Sad. This is sad. We're going to do a fun fact. It is physically impossible to choke an owl, which means someone would have had to try. Fun facts with Riley. Okay. So after this, they were done with this shit and they took him back because they did find Leanne Emery. But they were like, we're not going to do this shit with you anymore. We weren't able to find Jennifer Markham. You said that Jennifer Markham was out there. We couldn't find her. You didn't lead us to Terry. We're not doing this anymore. We can tell that you're just playing games. So he ended up like, and they're like, you know what? We're taking the plea, bill, plea deal back because you didn't fucking follow it. And he's like, no, no, I'll, I'll write you a, um, a map. map of where Terry is. So he literally wrote a map out and they... Um, didn't take him this time <laughs> no they didn't take him because yeah, they they're like lot. fuck you they yeah. left him in prison Son of a bitch. and um he had led them to Vale pass which is like covered in snow at that time i think they had, it was like february or march they had to wait for the snow to melt but he had even like put a key on the map and shit and it's they just followed so it crazy like how do you remember that? i mean i guess if you're a killer you would yeah. remember but it's like it's so like trophies. It's weird yeah, yeah it's like it weird. super weird well, and so they did follow it, and he told them, right, like, before they went, he's like, you'll find him wrapped up, bound in a tarp. And, right here. Yeah. And they found him right where he said that they'd find him, wrapped up in a tarp, and he had also been killed by getting shot in the back of the head. Dude, he's the worst. It was really sad. That's what he did to his kid. So they found Look him Look out into the horizon. Yep, pretty much. And his kid, like, has bad things still like yeah like in his interview this is the first time he ever spoke out about it but it's on that 2020 episode he literally had to wear um he literally he literally <laughs> had to wear sunglasses because the bright lights when you're getting interviewed they put those lights on you and because yeah. of his traumatic brain injury he couldn't like have the bright lights in his eyes could you imagine your dad doing that to you that's no. fucked up and then also having to just live and then the fact live that through your dad's it, a fucking that, and, serial and, killer and also live through that um and he wasn't even punished for it no one no. punished him he wasn't no, no charges against no. him for that it, you guys, the fucking charges he ends up getting for everything that he's fucking done in his life. Everything. All of it. so minute. fucking minute. It's like a slap on the fucking wrist. It's, it's, it's sickening, honestly. I wish that he would literally die just to be resuscitated and lit. Like, I, I hope reincarnation happens just for him. <laughs> just so he can be in jail all of his next life, too. Like, I hate him. Yeah, he is the worst. Anyways. So Jennifer Markham was never found and, and not ha has not been to this day, guys. Um, so I kind of wonder about this. Did he tell them to dig for her? And they because he did. He's like, dig for her right here. She's here. They never found anything. Mm -hmm. Was he really fucking with them? I think so. But why only keep her in the hiding? But he like told them where the rest of the bodies were. I think that's his that's one that he wanted to keep to himself. That or maybe there's another body with it that he doesn't want them to find out about. Oh, that could be true. Or maybe he did say that it was dark and he'd only been there to her grave once. And so he couldn't really remember where she was at. But I'm like, you were only there with Leanne once too. Yeah. So I don't really know. Um, 
But yeah, he said it was dark. He couldn't remember the exact spot. And he did lie a lot about Jennifer's death because at first he was like, oh, somebody else killed her. I just had to go extract her breast implants and her IUD later. This because weird. Yeah, he's like, so they don't um, uh, identify her. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? They can, it's it's the 2000s. They can identify her by bones now. Like, you're stupid you're as idiot. fuck. So I don't even know if I believe that. No. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But he said somebody else killed her and he was hired to go get the fucking breast implants and the IUD. And then he said, no, Ew, he killed her, but he can't remember where she's at. Too. What a yeah. weird fucking sexualized yeah. thing to I know, say. I know. It's sick. So he did end up admitting to killing Jennifer, but they still have not found her body. And he's like, I just can't really remember where she's buried. And I think there's probably another body there or something that oh, he doesn't right. want to get incriminated for. Yeah. Something. Something. Anyways. Um, so, and you know, they also learned this from the, um, the cellmates that he had, they would tell him like all these different things about that. He, like they would tell the investigators like, yeah, he said he got the breast plants and the IUD and yeah, he said this and he said that. And he just had so many stories and he lied so much through his life. You never know what the fuck he's telling the truth about. He'd lie about how many people he had killed. Like he just lies, lies, lies. So anyways, um, he ended up still pleading, um, Guilty. He said he's guilty for murdering Jennifer and Casey and Terry, um, but he they, they just couldn't find the body for Terry. And then <laughs> no, um, not Terry. Terry was or not found. Terry. I'm sorry, Uncle Terry. They found they couldn't find the body, body for Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. And who am I missing? There was a fourth. The girlfriend they found her. The oh, one of the, um, yeah. the other girlfriend. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Leanne Emery. So he ended up getting. Um, uh, 48 years beyond the additional he got an additional 48 years beyond um for the um fraud and habitual charges that mm-hmm. i told told you about but then he also got 70 years for two counts of second degree murder so even <laughs> though he admitted to four that's what he ended up getting um that's just the plea deal they came to it was more important to them to get the, the bodies back i think yeah um weird but okay well, i think the families wanted to be able to rest Right. Land the rest. Um, like I said, his cellmate, cellmates have said that he's committed dozens of murders, but no one else has been able to be identified yet. Authorities believe it could be upwards of twenty. Dude, I bet he did. I oh, bet me he too. Had so many. He spent his whole life. His fucking whole lying. life. His whole life was spent lying, conning people, and fucking killing people, mm-hmm. and never got in trouble. For never it charged for what he did to end. his son. Like you have yeah, to be a no. fucking monster. A monster. A fucking monster. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's like, I mean, he had no consequences. Why in the fuck would he, yeah. like. Never was made yeah. to ever actually have to, you know, they, ne- the, all these things that just let him slide under the rug and barely had any case. Or, Dude, he was um, working charges. for the FBI. Like, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll be eligible for parole in 2044. He'll be 78 Dude, years is, old. Like, actually not, not that, that far. bad. It's 20 years no. from now. I mean, he's literally, like I said, it's like a slap on the fucking wrist compared to what the fuck he should be in Doing. prison for. Yeah. He should have got the death penalty. He should have. I'm going to be execution. honest with you guys right now. This is one of the sickest motherfuckers I think we've ever fucking covered. And he, his, his sentence, sentence is, just is literally like a, a slap in the face. Dude, for real. To all of his victims, to everyone. Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm astonished by it. Um, his cousin ended up writing a, a book called SLK, so I suggest looking that up. I suggest looking or watching the Dateline 2020 um, 
or no, Dateline did one, 2020 did one. There's all kinds of stuff about Scott Kimball out there. I didn't even realize it, dude. Yeah, there's a ton. I didn't know who he was, and now I'm like, wow, he's literally in our backyard, and it wasn't that long ago. No, it was in the early 2000s. Like, yeah. this is fucking crazy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. All the girlfriends he had, like, yeah. just running from the cops for four hours. Like, for four hours? Dude, they didn't even put that in his, like, thing. Like, mm-hmm. y- oh, you just took us on a fucking cho- cop yeah. chase for four hours, but no, we're not going to charge you with that. We're not going to charge you with that either. Dude, it's because they did a plea, t- plea, plea, plea deal yeah, to yeah. find the bodies. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And sometimes it just ends up happening that way, dude. Yeah, it's sad. But this was a very, very, and this, there's a lot things, more. Yeah, this is a very, you want to go in. Yeah, if you want to go to this one, you'll have to um, look him up. But he's a real fucking, he's a real creep, dude. Like I said, there's lots of details on this case that I could have sat here and just droned on about it. But at the end of the day, I don't like when podcasts do that. They'll do like a million episodes on and a million parts on one thing. And there's just so many details they include in that. I'm like, I don't really care. I every can't follow. single time yeah, he was arrested. Anymore. Yeah. I don't really care what the FBI investigator was over his head was, was yeah. named. I don't care how long it took them to investigate this. I don't care. Like I know there was like, he was calling the women in Boulder that were prosecuting them. The Boulder bitches. Like, to me, it's yeah. just, like, I just, I put, I put the fucking meat and potatoes into this. This is the interesting <laughs> shit that I was just, like, wow, wow. Like, yeah, all the stuff that I was just, like, crazy. oh, my God. And yeah. this is just, like, really pertinent to the case. That's what I report about. Yeah. So. so well, yeah. guys, um, I actually have an appointment, so uh, we're out of here. But <laughs> maybe next week we'll do one with some drinking because I am like Jones in the little. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to, too. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. Dude, this will yeah. come out after, but. Yeah. Um, or it could come out tomorrow. Or no. Do you want to put it out early? Uh, it's no, whatever. let's do it for next week. Okay. Let's next do it for week. Monday yeah. or Tuesday. Um, follow us, Slay TikTok, or Slay t- I'm fucking tired, dude. <laughs> Pod, slay podcast on tiktok slay podcast on instagram um yeah whatever i don't even know <laughs> slay podcast on, well you already said all of them my eyes are like oh yeah dude i'm tired i'm tired too it's from um, the screen all day uh yeah and you can find us on all of uh like the, all the platforms yeah, yeah all the platforms yeah you can follow spotify. us on spotify you can give us your feedback yeah they're um, gonna be like you guys are more funny when you drink and well, I'm going to say, I know. Yeah. Dude, today we were just tired, but this was such a good, like, it is a really interesting case. You guys will have to get into it. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I just, I can't with him at this point. I honestly just can't. Um, it makes me sick to talk about him anymore or spend any more time on him. Yeah, dude, he sucks. I'm he glad to have sucks. him behind yeah, me and bye. I don't want to spend more time dude, talking about him. Real. So He actually doesn't deserve it. No. It's like this and he likes it. That's the thing. He likes mm-hmm. that. So fuck him. So fuck anyways. Um, be a good person, guys. Yeah, be a good person. Be the change you want to see. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.